0: This is a presentation from Narara Valley Baptist Church, a church that's desperate for God and passionate for people. Some of you are here to hear a sermon, some of you are here to play Jenga with me. Whatever brings you here today, welcome. My name is Lewis. Hopefully anything I say makes sense. Johnny's prayed, so it's in God's hands now. I was reminded of um, a book that was hot property in my school library, Guinness World Record Books. In my day, they had like a metallic green or metallic purple or metallic blue cover, open them up full of really interesting things. Interesting things like the tallest card tower ever is 7.6 metres. This is a dude standing here. I don't know how he reached up there. I guess, guess he had a crane. Guinness World Record, tallest snow snowman, or to say snow person to be politically correct, thirty-seven meters. Tallest snow person. Tallest Lego tower, eleven stories. Look at this thing. This is this is what you want. I reckon one of our youth activities this term should be trying to beat that. <laughs> I reckon we got the budget for a crane. Uh, and according to Hasbros, 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 according to that game company, uh, the tallest Jenga tower, playing by the rules, and I reckon we could actually beat this here tonight, is 40 levels plus two blocks. I'm gonna count the two blocks though, um, because I reckon that's 41 levels. Important to note this is not the actual tower, apparently, this one involves a lot of glue. Uh, 40 levels plus two blocks. So shall we play a game? Shall we play a game? We like to build things, human beings. We're we're an interesting creature. We really, really, really like to build. And we like to make a name for ourselves. I love the Guinness World Records, a book full of people trying to make a name for themselves no matter what they do. Some of the things in that book are weird, you know? Longest hair, I'm going for it at the moment. Keep it tied up. They live their whole life growing their hair out just to make it in the page of a book. They want to make a name for themselves. We do things to make a name for ourselves and we build towers to make a name for ourselves. We love to build things. We love to make a name for ourselves and we have since the beginning of time. In fact, there's an ancient Jewish story of people who wanted to build a tower that reaches to the heavens. An ancient story, Genesis eleven four. 4. Then they said, come let us build ourselves a city with a tower that reaches to the heavens so that we may make a name for ourselves. If you know anything about that story, it didn't end well for them. God scatters them. So like, how dare you try to make a name for them? Why, why do you think you can build a tower to reach? Me? God, you know, he really comes in and has his way. It's a really interesting story. Genesis, a great book, you should read it. But I think we can do the same thing. We love to build towers. And we're not, if we're not careful, we can turn our spiritual life into a tower. And let me tell you what I mean. We've done a great series over January in the AM service, while all us PM service people were jet skiing. So, you know, who chose the greater thing? Who knows? On spiritual disciplines. And I believe spiritual disciplines are absolutely awesome. And it was a great series about, like, getting reconnected into what, you know, we need to, the practices we need to put into practice for our lives. I think it's a really, really good thing. But too often, like, growing up, I see a lot of people and saw a lot of people in my own life, in my different churches I attended, who turn their spiritual practices into their form of building a tower, into their form of making a name for themselves. Almost like, um, look at me. I... Serve lots. Look at me, I'm gonna tell everyone about how I read my Bible every single morning. The most cringe thing to do on Instagram back in my day was post a photo, and I've done it, so. Hi, I'm the problem, it's me. is like you reframe, you're sitting at the coffee, you know, you're at the cafe and you're reading your Bible but then you've got to get the perfect Instagram so you make sure you only take one sip so the latte art's still good and then you get your Bible out and you make sure everyone can see what page you're reading and then you get a really good picture just so everyone knows how spiritual I. are because I read my Bible. Uh, Prayer life. The Bible talks a lot about people who pray long, (laughs) boring, (laughs) Prayers, I, I, I don't even understand it. I've done a theological degree. You know what I mean? Look at me. I know big words. Look at me. And we can build these, these, spiritual, these spiritual towers. And I think it's really interesting because we start to build them and they get all, like, clumped up. And we can do lots and lots and lots and lots of things. And it's not just about our spiritual life, is it? We can do lots of things to sort of build our tower. We can... Um, we have a fight... Uh, with our family before we get in the car to go to church. We fight while we're in the car but when we get out of the car, we are the perfect Christian family. What a wonderful life we live. Look at my spiritual tower. Dean, why do you look convicted? (laughs) I'm joking, joking, I can't even see your facial expressions Dean, it's okay. I'm sure he's sitting there calmly. (laughs) Yeah. I shouldn't say this, there was one morning Dean distinctly rocked up and he was like, I need a coffee, he literally drove away to go get a coffee, sorry Dean to throw you under the bus, I'll talk about myself later, but you were a lot happier after your coffee, God gives good gifts to his children, (laughs) including the coffee bean. We can wear a certain type of clothes to fit in with all the cool people. I think in school it's like when you see people bullying your friend and it's like, well, you know, this doesn't involve me, so you don't stick up for them. It sort of protects your popularity, so you get a bit of popularity going on. Uh, The clothes we wear, the things we post on social media, the things we say, the um, causes we support. Uh, One of the scariest things to me is not... uh, I think social justice is very, very, very important. But... (laughs) I see a lot of youth posting about social justice issues that they have not researched whatsoever. And I think social justice issues are awesome. I just think you actually have to do the research and actually put things into place to actually help those social justice issues. I don't think the culture of like, if I post this to social media, I'm in the cool, hip, good group is a wise thing to do. Although I think social justice issues are important. Do you hear what I'm saying? What I'm more concerned about is the fact that we need to look like we're doing them. So we post on social media and we do all our things. And, and um, yeah, I, I, think that's, I think that's what I'm trying to get at. We love to build our towers. And if we're not careful, this can be our church life. This can be our spiritual life. Our Bible reading, our prayer time, our, our spiritual gifts, showing them off. Our, whatever it could possibly be, I think we can turn into a tower to make a name for ourselves. Great, this is the youth set and they've lost two blocks. <laughs> Which one of you was that? <laughs> okay, now this is all well and good if we can keep it up and if we can sustain it, the amount we serve and reading our Bible every day and, and, and whatever it might be that you're using to prop yourself up. So let's play a game, shall we? Uh, We build our tower. We're doing all the right things all the time. But then we're in our uh, Bible in a year reading plan and all of a sudden we forget a day. And we forget a day. And we're like, uh, that's okay. I'll I'll just read it twice tomorrow, right? I'll make up for it. I'll make up for it. Or we're trying to do like we're trying to grow in the fruit of the spirit, and so we come to youth every week, and we go to BAM camp, and we listen about the fruits of the spirit—love, joy, peace, patience, etc., etc., etc.—and we we we're trying to live by them, and then we go to school, and someone's getting bullied, and we don't stick up for the person getting bullied, and we just sort of we let our kindness slip a little, we let our kindness slip a little, and then you say, but it's okay, because I'm just going to go to youth again. Am I any good at this game? No. That's not going to happen, is it? That's okay. I'll go to youth next week and I'll learn about the fruits of the Spirit again. And maybe in the future, I'll stick up for that person. Next time I see that person getting bullied, I'll stick up for them. And I'll go to youth next week and I'll have everyone, you know, pat me on the back and I'll pretend I'm, you know, I'll raise my hands in worship and, and whatnot, whatever, whatever it is for that individual person. Uh, and then, for example, we might, um, we, might, we might do a little bit of gossiping. We might do a little bit of gossiping. I think the biblical definition of gossip is a bit different to our definition of gossip, to be totally honest. But let's say we talk about someone behind their back to really seriously impact the course of their lives. For example, it's not just, you know, trivial things, but we we say something about someone behind their back that could really affect their career, could affect their future, could affect their life, could affect their family, sometimes things that aren't even true. But it's okay because I've got... Spiritual practices, I've just posted a quote on Instagram that said, "Haters are going to hate." Anyone like to play? Come on, Elijah. Yep, yeah, you're gotta go. Uh, so Elijah, tell us your deepest, darkest sin and then take out a brick. <laughs> just just <laughs> Please, please. Let's see, if you, let's see how good you are at Jenga. Oh, I picked the wrong person. Wow, he's, you are you're nervous. Whoa! wow thank you Elijah he's living his his no don't take that sit down uh Elijah's living his life he's you know going to youth every Friday he's doing good all of a sudden he's you know (laughs) doing something he shouldn't be doing um and he's like it's okay I'll fix it you know I've got my spirit you know I can come to church and I can be I can be all good I can be I can be all good okay who else am I going to pick on Matthew Shaw, oh now, he is a spiritually disciplined kid. Let's ask your mum what you do wrong during the week, shall we? Okay, so Matthew Shaw comes to Youth Every Friday and everything's doing good. He's at Youth Every Friday, he's, he's with Zach's Connect Group, he's learning about the Bible, he's getting baptised, awesome, 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 awesome. But then, 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 then he, um, he's too nice of a kid to make fun of. Then he gets really prideful because he knows he's such a nice kid and he's like, look at me, I'm a really nice kid and the pride hits him. Come on, let's, let's see what happens. Oh. Oh. But we all know. Oh. But we all know, he's, we all know he's not prideful because he comes to church every Sunday with his family, so he must be a good Christian kid. Thank you. Uh, so, let's see, who else are we going to pick on? Henry Moore. Henry Moore oh Henry Moore up on stage worshipping with the band nearly every Sunday nearly every youth night look at him he's using his spiritual gifts he's doing all the right stuff and then he goes home and he plays some song by the dregs (laughs) do I have any swear words in it Henry oh come on take a brick mate take a brick goes home plays a song by the dregs with a couple of swear words in it But it's okay because he's just going to come back next Friday night, he's going to get on stage, he's going to sing to Jesus and Jesus is going to forget all about what happened. (laughs) Oh, who else is going to play? Who can I really pick on? It's about time I picked on... Graham Seal would be good at this. Oh, yes. Yes, Graham. Graham Seal. Um... (laughs) No, you don't have to wait. I think they get the picture. There's just an important thing that I need to happen to conclude this part of the sermon. So let's, fast game's a good game. game. No, not yet. I know you're like, Well, he's going to make it hard for someone else. That's what he's going to do. Oh, oh. (laughs) Building our spiritual tower. Building our spiritual tower. People should definitely be getting nervous at this point during the sermon. Uh, um, um, Leah McClellan. Leah <laughs> <Liam> McClellan. Oh, <laughs> let's see what happens. Oh, jeez. Oh, dude, knows how to build a tower. Wow, 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 wow. Josh Cairns. Welcome, Josh Cairns. Oh, Josh Cairns goes to church every Sunday and then meets a woman at another church and then skips out on his friends at his old church to come and attend this church. (laughs) 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 Adam Burden, surely. Adam Burden, come on down. Uh, He says he's going to invite his friend Lewis over for dinner but then says he can't come over because he's hanging out with better friends. Oh, keeping up the facade. I've got lots of friends. I've got lots of friends. Well, oh, not feeling good? It's not looking good. Wow. 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 He's not just a banker, ladies and gentlemen. He's the Adam Burden. Excellent. Uh, Brooklyn. <laughs> Brooklyn. Oh, wearing a Valley T-shirt, really showing off how spiritual she is! <laughs> wow, wow! Oh, oh, that was not that one wasn't going to move, was it? Should be one touch, one play. Oh, oh, oh! No, no second hand. Oh, 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 oh! <laughs> wow, wow! <laughs> Me a burden. She's crazy. She's got the shakes for sure. This is going to end this part of my sermon for sure. uh, You're joking. You're joking. You're joking, Mia. What's your problem, Mia? You be really behaved at school, but then when you come to youth, you're a... (laughs) Um, Oh, jeez. I'm trying not to pick anyone with an engineering degree. Uh, oh, surely Sam. Yep. Yeah, Sam. Yeah, Sam. Were you the school captain, Sam? Probably never s- sworn a word in your life. Probably never ever said a swear word. What do you reckon? Never? Not once? Oh. 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 You're joking. You're joking. That's how he got school captain. That's how he did it. Never said a swear word in his life, that dude, I reckon. That's what they say. That's what they say. You build the tower. You put, Dean Russell. <laughs> yes. Oh, Dean, here we go. Here we go, Dean. Dean, married to a pastor. The highest spiritual privilege you could possibly have. Go tell all the single ladies at all the other churches you know that. Shows up to church, tired one day, but keeps building his tower. It's not meant to take this long. Um, Okay. Oh, I see scheming over here. One of the harks. Yep. Yep. You want to go? Or you can force eternity. Yeah, you can bully us. Yep. Eternity has a name like eternity. How much more spiritual could you possibly get? What? Oh, my goodness. The confidence was terrifying. No. No way. Oh! Oh! The problem is, if we keep building our tower like this... Making a mistake and just pick, fixing it with more Bible reading. Making a mistake, just fixing it with more prayer. Making a mistake, just fixing it with our favourite worship song. Making a mistake, just fixing it with our spiritual practice. Making a mistake, oh, it doesn't worry, I'll just repent again. Make a mistake, the more we keep building our tower like this, the tower will always fall. There was a distinct type of person who used to build a spiritual tower in Jesus' day, they were the Pharisees. The Pharisees were like... You know, teachers of the law. They were, the, they, were, they were like the experts of their traditional Old Testament Bible. Everything they do is done for people to see. They make their phylacteries wide and their tassels on their garments long. They love the place of honor at banquets and the most important seats in the synagogues. They love to be greeted with respect in the marketplaces and to be called rabbi by others. Uh, the term pastor is fine, but if you meet a pastor that just loves being called pastor and demands of you to call them pastor, be very suspicious. What's a phylacteric... What's a, what's a, phil- what's a <laughs> phylacteric... I, when I was practicing this, I wasn't having trouble at all. Uh, see, this, see this thing on this dude's forehead? This is a phylacteric. And basically... They wanted to show that they were such experts at the Bible, they were such good Bible readers, there would be portions of the Bible folded up and put in that little box and worn on their forehead. And basically, the wider you're the more the more stuff and the bigger words, writing of the Bible, you had taped to your forehead. So you're literally walking around going, look at me, I know the Bible so much, I keep it taped to my forehead. I mean, can you imagine if we all walked around in Christian churches and it was like, bigger the Bible, bigger the Christian, like wearing it on your forehead? Trust me, I read this thing. You know what I mean? The tassels on their garments, another rule was to like, you had to wear these tassels on the ends of your garments and they would make them as long as possible so that people would see, I follow the rules. But Jesus says the the outside of their cup was clean, but the inside of their cup, the bricks were being removed left, right, and centre. So what is our solution? Because this always happens. In Matthew 7, it says this, that is not 24 to 27, because I cut half of it out just before I got up on stage. Everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand, and the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. I want to make a distinction here that it doesn't say anyone who doesn't read their Bible is like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. It doesn't say anyone who doesn't worship songs is like the foolish man who built his house on the sand. It doesn't say anyone who doesn't have a regular prayer routine in the morning, wake up at four o'clock, is like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. It doesn't say that. It says anyone who hears these words of mine, a.k.a., Anyone who is reading their Bible, anyone who is doing their worship songs, anyone who is doing their devotional time, anyone who's doing all that stuff and does not put it into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The goal is not purely the Bible reading, it's to be able to put that, what you're reading, into your life. That is the goal. I believe spiritual disciplines are good, but they are not the goal. Let me give you a quick example. Bible reading is a good one. We, I preach in our youth ministry, read your Bible. You should absolutely read your Bible. We preach at church, you should have a daily Bible reading plan. Absolutely, you should. But here's some like, history of the world, because it's a very new age concept to tell people to read their Bible. This is a graph of the literate and illiterate world population, which basically means in our day, in 2016, when this graph was taken, we're saying the blue is um, literate and the red is illiterate, which means in 2016, you had over 80% of the world was able to read. Does that make sense? So, 2016, over 80% of the world was able to read. But if you just go back to like the 1900s, more than 80% of the world couldn't read. And so, can you imagine telling someone just a hundred years ago, you're not a real Christian unless you read your Bible every day, they would say, I don't know how to read. Can you imagine going to any of these countries highlighted in dark colours, where the Bible is dangerous or difficult or illegal or highly restrictive or covert operations only, like, look how much of the world is covered. Can you imagine going to any of these Christians, uh, countries and preaching a message that was, if you don't read your Bible, you're not a healthy Christian? Some of them don't even have a Bible. It is a privilege to have a Bible. I heard a story of a woman in one of the African countries and the uh, African guards, communist regime came through and they were stealing all the Bibles and burning them. And she thought she took her Bible and she was at her house because she heard them knocking down, her husband answered the door and she sat on it and she just sat at her kitchen table and everyone else in the town had all their Bibles destroyed, but she went back to her local church, and it was like a 1500 person church, because in Africa the churches get massive, and she ripped out page by page and gave every single person in the congregation uh, a page of the Bible. And this person who's sharing her testimony says that um, she was just so happy she didn't get a page from Leviticus, but she got a page from Genesis, and she just studied that one page like nothing else. And when she was finally able to become a refugee in America, it's like the people like, oh, can we get you a gift? And she was like, all I want a Bible, all I want a Bible. And they were like, oh, Bibles are everywhere. Here, I have this one in on my glove box. She couldn't believe it. Having the word of God is a privilege and we should read it. But do you understand it's not what makes you a Christian? That would be like saying going to McDonald's makes you a hamburger. It's not just about hearing the words of Jesus. It's about doing them. So what do we do? what should we do? It says this, the other part of Matthew, it says, everyone who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat against that house and it did not fall. To hear the words and to put them into practice. So what is the answer? I think it could look like something like this. In Colossians 2, it says this, So then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in him. Rooted and built up in Him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught, and overflowing with thankfulness. See to it that no one takes you captive to hollow and deceptive philosophy which depends on human tradition and elemental spiritual forces of the world, rather than on Christ. For in Christ all the fullness of the Deity lives in bodily form, and in Christ you have been brought to fullness. I believe Colossians is saying. You don't need to build your tower. When you came to Christ, you came to fullness. You need to stop building your tower. In Christ, you are the fullness. You have the fullness of Christ living within you. That's what I believe. I believe that Christ is in me and that he's making me more like him without me doing anything, although I can put things in place. The Bible doesn't necessarily, I think the Bible doesn't, you need the Bible to be able to tell you things like this. We know this because of the Bible. But I believe actually building the bricks in our life is important and it doesn't just look like spiritual disciplines. In my life I've had to build build some bricks. Now these bricks are heavier and they're harder harder to get and it's not as easy to get one of these bricks in your life, I haven't built much, much of a tower. I'm, I'm just like all of you and sometimes I do build my Jenga tower but the, the bricks I'm most proud of are the solid ones, the solid hope, the solid foundation. How has Jesus formed these in me? Some bricks that I have and you may not have these bricks but these are the bricks I have. I would say one of the bricks in my life is my faith I have never had an issue with like, you know, facts and figures and history and whatnot. I've always had pure faith in Jesus. I've, I've never really had that shook because when I was growing up in a Lutheran church, it was all about sola fide, which means by faith alone. And like I was taught from a very young age, you're not going to get all the facts. You're not going to get all the figures. Most of this isn't going to make sense, but you have to believe it by faith. And so this is a brick that Jesus has built in me after after, like, coming to him in slow formation. It's a brick that, like, Jesus has built, not by anything that I have done. Faith is a gift. Some other bricks that Jesus has built in me. Uh, I can get very bitter and I can get very angry and I can hold grudges and all those sorts of things. I, I really, really can become one of my closest friends and you'll have an earful. But one of the bricks that Jesus has built in me is, I, I would, I'm going to use the term forgiveness here, but I'm not talking about I never get frustrated or I never get angry or I never get, you know, annoyed. I'm talking about every single day when I pray the Lord's Prayer and I get to the part like, help me to figure those who sin against me. I, do, I, I don't pray that prayer without going through a list in my head about all the people that have annoyed me, hurt me, frustrated me. And the people that have really hurt me most, like if I'm getting frustrated to you, that's probably a good sign because it means you haven't really hurt that mi- me that much. But like I've had people really try to bring my life down, you know. And I can honestly say that I've got Jesus has built a forgiveness within me. And that hasn't been by reading my Bible, it hasn't been just by praying, it's been by going through hell and coming out the other end with Jesus by my side. And so I've learned that forgiveness of the big things and also <laughs> praying through my frustrations every day when I pray the Lord's Prayer. Honestly, I'll pray, I'll say names in my head if like, if like I think I hang out with people all the time and then the second time I hang out with them they don't give me much eye contact and I think, why are they being like that to me? And I'll pray the Lord's Prayer and I'll be like, God, I just forgive that person for not giving me much eye contact and I understand that understand that we all go through things and it's probably got more to do with me than it's got to do with them. It's a brick that Jesus has built and I think these bricks take like, they take like, they take just understanding that you have the fullness of Christ living in you. Lewis in his flesh cannot forgive, there should be people in my life that I've got major grudges against, they really should But I know because Jesus, the fullness of his power is within me and he's forgiven me and I know how strong and how much authority he has, he gives me the ability to know actually I can forgive that person and see that person through Jesus' eyes. And with faith, I know that faith is a gift and it's because Jesus is within me and I feel, I, I sense his presence and his power. I don't need the facts and the figures. You know what I mean? These things are built when you understand when you continue to live your lives in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened. We all need to build some bricks. And I wasn't, I I, I don't know how to reconcile this little bit theologically. Um, So this is just my opinion. You're just getting a Lewis thought now in the midst of a sermon. And I think every now and then a preacher should be able to bring just a teaching thought um, I think even when we build these brick towers that are strong and solid, I do think there's times in life that even these bricks, like you know, if, if you're really being pressed and you're really being pushed, even these bricks, you know, the world can almost try to can almost try to you know really either wedge them out or or, or, or take them away. And I think this happens a lot with like major grief, major loss, major church abuse. Where like even these things because of other people can be taken away, and I would just say if you're someone who just feels like the even their strong bricks are being eroded, Jesus is with you. Jesus is by your side, and just go back to the beginning. Sit with Jesus. Understand your spiritual authority. Know Jesus. Know Jesus. Know Jesus. Know Jesus. Read your word more, not because you have to, not because it's a rule, but because you love Him. Uh, pray more, not because you have to, but because you love Him. Even when it's hard, just get you know you know, and you can, and I, I believe even they can be restored. And that's just a Lewis thought, I don't have a particular Bible verse for that just yet. Lewis Standard Version. Everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like someone playing a game of Jenga. It's all fun and games till the blocks are tested and the tower falls. Everyone who hears these words of mine and does them is building a tower of brick. Not even the big bad wolf could blow it down." And I was just thinking, like, practically, what does this mean? I I think sometimes why we get caught up in the building of the tower is because if if you've never read your Bible, you should absolutely read it and read the Bible in a year and consume as much of it as you you possibly can. Uh, That would be my advice to anyone. But uh, truthfully, I've been reading through Romans at the moment and I'm getting convicted every single day I turn the page. And at the moment, it's just too much for me to even consume because God is trying to work on bricks in me. And to be honest, I distract myself from working on the bricks that God wants to teach me by just turning to the next page of the Bible. Sometimes I'll distract myself from building the bricks that God wants to teach me by just turning to the next page of the Bible. So, I wanna encourage you, one brick at a time. And I thought, what's a really practical way I could help people do that? When Jesus says anyone who hears these words of mine, he's talking about his Sermon on the Mount. He stood on the mountain, sat on the mountain with his friends and a bunch of different people and didn't have a microphone, so don't quite understand the facts, but I do believe it by faith. <laughs> he sat on the mountain and he taught his stuff. One of the first things he goes through is like the other blessings. Blessed are the poor in spirit, whatnot. So if Jesus says, anyone who hears these words and puts them into practice, what's just one takeaway tonight that we can all together try to put into practice this week? What's one thing we can leave this room and all try to put into practice? And I thought, some of you youth kids, no matter how much I try to um, tape a Bible to your forehead, (laughs) some of you just don't know how to read. And I, I understand that reading's very hard. Reading is legitimately very hard, especially in a technological age with podcasts and audio books. And I've tried all the audio Bibles and they all suck. Although I did re- record the full book of Mark one time and I put it on, you look up Lewis jonker podcast and listen to the full book of Mark and I promise you it's entertaining. You know, I understand it's hard. So what can we do? Well, what if we just take one of the words of Jesus and this week we all as a community try to put it into practice? What if we do that? And it might take you longer than a week. It might take you a month. It might take you a year. So, with the help of our calligrapher, Emily, um, we designed some, some phone screens for you. And this is one of them. Blessed are the merciful, for they will receive mercy. We can quote this, and we can say it. And I've got it as my phone screen. Blessed are the merciful, for they will receive mercy. You can leave this room and you can keep building your Jenga tower. Or you can set yourself something simple, a reminder about one of the things Jesus said and actually try to put it into practice. What would it look, this, look, what would it look like this week if we were all merciful? Because we know the mercy that we've received from Jesus. What would that look like? What does it look like for you to go to uni when you start uni, school this week when you start school, and work this week when you start work? And what would it look like for you to be merciful? Jesus says, blessed are the merciful. Do you believe it? Are you willing to put it into practice? Are you willing to show compassion to those who have hurt you? Are you willing to put yourself in other people's shoes and try to understand where they might be at? When they don't give you the eye contact you deserve? Are you willing to to let go of things? Being merciful is particularly important when you're in a position of power. If you're popular, what does it mean to be merciful and to sit with the person who's sitting alone at lunchtime? At uni, what does it look to, you know, everyone's going to go into uni this week awkward because they don't know anyone. What does it look like for you to be merciful And bring someone who's not in your group into your group if your boss is a really really bad boss what does it look like for you to go into your workplace and be merciful to understand that they might have a bit of a rough a rough life maybe their home life isn't great maybe they don't know Jesus the way you do maybe they're not experiencing love joy peace what does it look like for you to be merciful we don't need to keep building these 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 towers, but I can tell you this what Lewis, one of the things Lewis needs to work on is being merciful, understanding with compassion other people. And so that's sort of what I'm thinking. I'm not saying don't read your Bible. Spiritual disciplines are good, but they're not the goal. If you've got a spiritual discipline, it's in order that you would hear from Jesus and put it into practice because that Jesus lives inside of you, fills you with power and authority to live out his will. This should have posted automatically to our Facebook group right about now. So you can download it and set it as a phone screen if you need a reminder, if picking up your Bible in the morning is too difficult. You can put this right in your face. You can print it out and stick it to your fridge. And you can teach your children. And I'll post it on Instagram as well so you can take a screenshot. Blessed are the merciful, for they will receive mercy. We know that this is a church that is hungry to grow spiritually, that is hungry to become more like Christ. We know that from the data we've received. We know that for lots and lots of different reasons. In the NCLS, it was just like you guys were hungry, not just to read the Word, but to be like Christ. So by all means, set your spiritual practices... But put it into practice. Don't just hollow out your tower every, you know, and just, oh, it doesn't matter, I'll just, I'll just do this, and I'll just, I'll just, you know, I'll just do this and I'll just do this. Nah. This has been a presentation from Narara Valley Baptist Church, a church that's desperate for God and passionate for people. To continue the conversation, we invite you to join us Sundays at 9.30am and 5pm or on our website at www.nvbc.info.